Welcome to the Crash Chords Podcast. Another week, another album. This one's a little different, but we'll get to that in a minute. I like that it's different. I know you like that it's different. Don't you tell me what you like that is different that is not. What? Don't. Just keep moving. Keep moving. Keep rolling. Shut keep up. rolling. Um, <laughs> so me and Steve got to see Pacific Rim over the that weekend. not. Which we'll get into more detail maybe next week. What? What, John? What? 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 I'm still trying what? to figure out what Steve said. Oh. It's on record. You can you can go back and analyze. You can listen it'll, it'll, actually. Actually, it'll be fun. P, not Q. When do I ever speak not to provoke some type of... Uh, Reaction. Of, yeah. Assholery. Assholery. I like that's that. Still, You're still, welcome. That's I like still that. incorrect. You're welcome. Assholic. The adjective. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, for assholery. Acting a- assholic, yes. I think that's more of an adverb to be, to be blunt. To be blunt, you'd have to be wrapped in a cigar-like paper. It's a little bit both, actually. Either that or you ground down all of the pointy parts of my body. Can we get back on subject here? Was there ever a subject? No. Not really, Because no. I'm looking at the timestamp. <laughs> no, we only had adjectives, adverbs, and verbs. There was no subjects. So, I need a noun. So, even though you can't see it, maybe we'll take a picture and put it up on the site. Steve is wearing an Invade Canada shirt today, because we are yes, doing... I have a story here. This shirt I bought from Hot Topic in 2005. And I hardly ever wear it because I'm always afraid of meeting a Canadian. Here's the whole thing: Hot Topic was still not cool in 2005. So I'm kind of ama- I'm still kind of amazed that he no, fits into a, a shirt from seven occasional years ago. Occasional I know he put on some weight. I wasn't saying that. Actually, it is a little bit tight. <laughs> anyway, Steve is wearing an Invade Canada shirt in honor of our uh, album by Boards of Canada, who are actually from Scotland and not from Canada at That's all. That's right. Which is... I, I looked this up. The uh, Boards of Canada are not Canadian. They are a Scottish electronic duo slash ambient. Mostly ambient, but a little bit of electronic. A little bit of techno. A little bit of everything, really. And uh, what was the album called? The album is called Tomorrow's Harvest. So this is definitely kind of... This leans more towards the Halo soundtrack and the Tron, and Tron Legacy, which we've talked about that we haven't actually done the soundtrack on the show. I would not compare this to the Halo soundtrack, but I will compare it to a soundtrack, because there's a very cinematic nature to this soundtrack. Okay, fine. Soundtracks in general. Yes. Um, apart from that, Boards of Canada, they're known for doing little excerpts of things here and there. If you ever watch, if you were, if you were of the mid-2000s... Um, if you were a kid in the mid-2000s or a teenager, you might have known some David Firth uh, shorts that were probably found on Newgrounds. One of them was Salad Fingers, which is a very, very weird post-apocalyptic um, story about an awkwardly introverted man who... Does anyone know how else to describe that? Because you've all seen it, right? He has a fish in the oven. Oh, dear. He likes it when the red water flows. I wasn't going to describe this by by quoting by it. Quoting it. No, yes. that's very scary. No, he's he's is. Think of it as a in-depth study of the introverted schizophrenic. Doesn't right. he eat like name all of his fingers too at one point? No, he puts little sock puppets, and they're Hubert Cumberdale, 
and Marjorie Stewart. Marjorie Stewart Baxter. Marjorie Stewart Baxter, and Jeremy Fisher. And Jeremy Fisher is the cool one. And Hubert Cumberdale tastes like soot and poo. John clearly remembers the most. About I these. love. Yeah, so I, was and I, say, I, 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 I do love. love I do love figure. them myself. They're and they're not for everyone though. Uh, they're, they're odd. They're very odd, but I I like them. I like it's like that are odd, a precursor so. to the ring. That's that's the best way to describe it. Well, that comparison it. I don't buy at all. Yeah, Me neither. <laughs> yeah, that no. was all over. That was just all. And moving on into the first In any track. case, Boards of Canada did the soundtrack to that. So if yeah. you follow up on the vibe of those shorts, and I'm sure they can still be, still be found somewhere on YouTube. They must fingers, be on YouTube. They're all there. There were about eight of them made. I think and Newgrounds has a YouTube channel, actually. Boards of Canada did the, did the soundtrack. I'm not sure if, if it was just David Firth using Boards of Canada or if it was actually intended for this short. But they were over there in English. Maybe they knew each other because all... English people know each other. Not really. Yeah, no, they probably do. Yeah. There's only like eight people in England. It's like Dakota. Eight, really? Only eight, huh? Well, that's only because the royal family's always vacationing. Which Dakota? I was leaning more toward 14, but all right. Which Dakota? That's what I said. No, North or South Dakota. They don't get to be two different states. There's There's only one Dakota. There's more people in Rhode Island, all right? They don't get to be two states. (laughs) That's also not factually true. No. I just want to see if we can get some angry Dakotians. Dakotanese? Dakotanese. Oh, there's something I do want to point out before we get into the album. Um, me and Steve have been having a dialogue. I mean, it's mostly Steve, but I've been checking up on it. A dialogue with Darren of <laughs> the... Of the... Of um, Godsticks. And uh, he mentioned... He thanks us for our, our, our kind words about the album and how we reviewed it and that we enjoyed it. But but within that, he also mentions that a friend of him, friend of his, recommended our podcast to him. So Who's his friend? We don't. I don't know. But that means that people outside of our frame of reference are actually listening to the show, which is a good thing. And yes, I I am very I'm very proud of that. Yeah, it's very nice that we have a fan base. Yes, I'm sorry I said those things about England. I really don't mean them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you double back. Come to think of it, I think I looked it up. Are you guys Welsh? I believe you're Welsh. So <laughs> I said English. Totally ruined it. Anyway, let's uh, move on to the first track of the of Tomorrow's Harvest, which is Gemini, which, as far as intro tracks go, is is pretty good. It kind of sets the mood of the, of the record pretty well, actually. Yeah, Gemini. It, it's kind of interesting. Gemini is a track which, to my ears, sounded very, very spacey, very. I use that word a lot, but in this case, I actually mean it. It sounds like a track that would be used somewhere in orbit. It sounds like a soundtrack to the. Uh, early Gemini missions, uh, or the Apollo missions. It's, it's, it's early space travel, to me. Um, I'm not entirely sure if that was intended, but I do know that that opening fanfare in the very beginning of the track that lasts for only five seconds, mm-hmm. <laughs> a fan posted a video which had NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Association, and it worked perfectly. So it makes me feel like it should have been used in that context and probably ruined me for the actual uh, implementation of the theme which we'll it, get into it, it it didn't feel like space to me well that's it a shame. felt it felt like the sun rising over the ocean it's quite a shame we have nothing in common with the way the music builds i felt like something was reaching higher and higher which i could definitely see the similarities between oh, was, my opinion yeah. but i felt that rising up nature in the track well, it had an I, air of mystery to it i noticed that even though steve was kind of just trying to be facetious the, the the dynamic that you know you both don't agree on what this translates to. I mean, there's a lot of that in this album. This album's very open to interpretation because it's all ambient and all instrumental. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Ambient music in general with a grain of salt. Because um, most of it probably is based on some specific idea. I think it's very... I think it's very difficult for someone to compose with a, a pure enigmatic intentions. Anyone who composes this probably has their own vision, their own idea, their own pursuit of perfection, and that is actually a quote from uh, one of the Scottish duo. Uh, they, he, he mentioned that composition in general is all about pursuing one's own idea of perfection. So this clearly seems to be what they're interested in. It's general subjects that uh, broach the apocalypse... Uh, dark themes, post-industrial, urban societies, that kind of thing. Dystopian future and cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was a very interesting interpretation, but again, that may be your interpretation. It, it's, it's not that it wouldn't fit, because we could come up with any number of ways for us to fit a theme. We already realized we made a mistake with uh, the Queens of the Stone Age, largely with their album. We had the interpretation completely wrong. It's not that anyone's interpretation can can be wrong, per se, but... It's just you can have multiple. I mean, it, yeah. the album was more about the lead singer's brief death and rebirth, essentially. He was dead for, I forget the exact amount of time, but for a short period of time and came back. Right. You know, he was hospitalized, and so a lot of that album is about that experience and his life before and after. Right, that's just something that would be very Which, difficult to interpret without looking up and getting the inside but, scoop on. But once getting that interpretation, it's clear when you re-listen. Right, so I think this is a fair comparison in this album. I think a lot of it, um, well, eh, I'd take that here and there. You, on one hand, it, it could be multi-interpretable, but on the other hand, there are there's some details in this album which I was able to scrounge up. There's some stuff that seems pretty blatant, and it's kind of hard to misinterpret. There are, there yeah. are some songs that we interpret differently, but a good, I'd say a good two-thirds of the album we're all on point with. Or at least within the same framework. Yeah. Well, the point is, since ambient music is fluid, tonal music often does not have lyrics, I mean, it, it, unless you have sound bites or voiceovers, then it's, it's, it's mood music. It could either fit a mood, enhance a mood, or induce a mood. So, let's see what happens to us. It's the mood ring of music. <laughs> anyway. No, it, no, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite? A mood ring displays your music. Your mood. I'm your mood. A mood ring displays your mood. Ambient music is like the drug of the musical uh, uh, genre because it's it, it's what's used to change, enhance, or compensate for what your mood already is. Isn't that kind of what I said? No, drug not as in as in necessarily like illegal stuff, but like in general, any mind altering substance. Yeah. yeah. And moving on to track two, uh, what is that? Reach for the dead. So this one was where we first got that urban kind of feel through the record. Yeah, I feel like this was kind of a bipolar album, and I do mean bipolar. Well, actually, I mean polar or, well, in orbit. It's It seemed to be stuck between... Two worlds. <clears throat> well, between world or non-world, actually. Yeah. It's a very strange way to put it. Um, I enjoyed the slow burn intro of this song. That was. That I felt was it was a little too slow for me, but but it was worth it once you got to the latter half of the oh, song. Oh, the, uh, the the later pickup. Yeah. Was was really great. Yeah, and the sizzling, um, weird, static yeah. in the background yeah. really, yeah. it was 
interesting in its depths. And it's it really sounded like someone f- essentially frying bacon in the background. Like it had that kind of sizzling sound. And yet there's another uh, d- discrepancy because I I'm sure it was just meant to be um, transmission signals. Sure, but yeah. it, it kind of gave that kind of feel. Yeah, and that's a, a whole another level, a, a layer of theme work here is that a lot of this seems to be playing off the idea of uh, of communication, um, the electromagnetic spectrum in general. Yeah. So. That's. I know. I, I know even, you agree with see, that. No, but I didn't see that specifically. I didn't see that in such blatant terms. Yeah. Well, consider. But this. I definitely, I definitely understand what you're talking about. Let, let's let's narrow this argument. We're gonna be so discussion. smart on this episode. <laughs> Poor Mike's not gonna enjoy it at all. Oh man, he Mike doesn't it. like when we're smart. He doesn't like it he, when he, he's, he's, a, he's a fan of ours. If yes. anyone's watched Fly the Concord, he's our mill. <laughs> he is our mill. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't get that reference. You would. Oh, it's a shame. It is a shame. Hmm. But yeah, this um, if you if, let let's let's move away from the electromagnetic spectrum idea there. I'll I'll get to that in a few minutes. But in general, this track it felt very earthy. It was like that of a kind of a hot, sweaty city, uh, that is desolated. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Like I wrote I wrote down that it had this feeling of wandering and being lost in a crowded in, in this kind of urban environment like just kind of aimlessly wandering from street to street not knowing where to go yeah, but there's going to be a lot of themes of being alone on this i mean this is quite a depressing album actually it is extremely depressing there's really only one uplifting track on this album and it's toward the very end and then very, it, very get, it gets shafted by the following two yeah like so, this 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 album honestly could give paper chase a runner for its money no paper chase was a more very different visceral, but yeah, a different yeah. kind of depression yeah, that that was that was pure emotions. This is this is something external, I think, of of the human condition in many cases. This is this is just nature taking a dive, to some extent. Sometimes it's worse. Many ways you could take this. I'm gonna try to refute those points several times later on in this album. Okay. Good luck. I welcome it. <laughs> Let's head to the to track three, which is white. I'm not done with Reach for the Dead. I haven't said anything about it. That's right. Oh. Do go. I did not get the congested urban area. Well, I didn't I say congested. We never said that. We said empty, desolate urban environment. Being alone in a large city. There was no mention of congestion. Or I didn't feel that claustrophobia that would be implied. I felt open and airy in this track. Again, we said that. No, but I mean outside of a city. Not, not an enclosed space like that. I mean like an open, blank area. I felt traveling. I don't know. I felt this kind of deserted dystopia. <laughs> deserted, it's clear we're gonna yes, be on. We're gonna be on separate uh, uh, frames here. But then again, there was a there was a, a music video that was released by Boards of Canada, and I, I will admit that it speaks more to John's perspective here because it had a lot of open themes, being out in the desert. It was kind it was of Grand Canyon, Arizona. And when you did flying around. when you did see something that indicated humanity, it was something as 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 odd and off-putting as high-tension wires. Yeah. Or you know? a shack. Yeah. All by itself. Exactly. Nobody so, around. These are the themes that Reads for the Dead, um, sorry, that Boards of Canada seems to enjoy. Um, I, I don't know, they're from Scotland, maybe that means something. You know, a lot of gray skies, very depressing there. Lots of nothing. <laughs> hey, I, I no, would love to go to Scotland. I feel, like gorgeous. I feel like we're diving into racist territory. So I'm no, gonna no, move no, on. no, there's a lot of nothing there. There's a lot of just scapes, landscapes. 
No, you're wrong. I would love to go to Scotland, but it's it's. I I think you can say pretty objectively that it has very bleak weather, by universal standards. I guess I don't know. I mean, I'm if just... you stand up with your mouth open and look to the sky, you'll probably drown. That that the rain falling. Into it's ironic mouth. because that's probably the environment that I prefer. To be honest, I want to go either there or Seattle or I don't know Iceland or something. That's like that. just weird. Yeah. White Cyclosa, track three. So this also this track had a very kind of urban but unnerving feel to it. it this was... this is where I start seeing cyberscape heavily. This is where I start really feeling those urban themes. Almost um, like a cyberpunk. It had anime a, style. It had feel. an electric heartbeat. It it was it was more a like pulsating. a it was a pitter patter. But yes, it was it was very steady. It was very high pitched and it was unwavering throughout the entire piece. Um, I, I do see the cyberpunk in that, to be honest. Cyberpunk is a very specific thing. Well, this is where I started making the comparisons to Ghost in the Shell anime, where I made comparisons, uh, what did you say, even, uh, Evangelion? Yeah, but I mean, my big anime tie-in was the next track, but yeah. I can't go to Evangelion necessarily, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I do... I do Ghost see. Of the the, shell, I see. Anime has a ten- tendency to use the because they. I think an, a lot of anime uh, creators and um, and producers are very apocalypse obsessed themselves. Yeah, sure. So I mean, a lot of those shows take place after a big event or some kind of catastrophe. Exactly. Or or in those movies, a catastrophe happens. Yeah, I didn't make the anime connection, and when I first listened to this album, but um, but no, I, I especially I definitely on the next see track, it. I made a strong comparison also. Because I didn't really have much to say about this track. I mean, it was fairly straightforward. It had that urban feel. I thoroughly enjoyed the electric heartbeat that was in this. Yeah. Not that. Not But they had an underlying. Yeah, there was there was this there was this real foreboding undertone that started phasing in and out. Especially, it was more predominant at the end of the track. This is when the one where it got out of sync too a little bit. Yes. The 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 tempo of the song was very subtly and masterfully changed towards the end just yeah. by introducing new elements. It's like every eight beats or so, the, the this undertone will just come full force. It almost sounds like the kind of thing you would hear if you're going unconscious. Um, if anyone has ever gone unconscious. Or, for instance... John is raising his hand. <laughs> or of course for, it was me. Or if you're under an anesthetic... Uh, you tend to have that sensation. You feel like a buzzing sensation right before you go under. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a pulsating. I, I feel that a hundred percent in this track. In fact, yeah. it made me very unnerved because most people are very unnerved before you go under anesthetic. Yeah. Um, Which I think was what they were going for. Clearly. For yeah. me, my loss of consciousness has not been quick enough for me to hear that. Fair enough. I mean, uh, long enough for me to hear that. Fair enough. Usually, it's a blow to the head, and that that does not lend itself to uh, prolonged exposure to the intricacies. <laughs> How good for you. <laughs> There's only one more thing I have to say about this track, and that's the helicopter. Yeah. I felt that was a little out of place. Yeah, it didn't really seem to make much sense. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't know, think... I don't, but can you tell me on what grounds? I don't... I, I will say that... He likes it, helicopters? No, no, no. It was... It kept, <laughs> a very shallow podcast. It, I like turtles. Um, it's, it's almost like it gave a... Um, a swifter undercurrent to the song, but something that was definitely a backbeat, a definitely more scenery for the music. Yeah, 
I mean, of course when I hear helicopters in the background, it brings up all these uh, videos going all the way back to Vietnam, where, you know, they were trying to present that, that form of apocalypse. The idea that we're just going into napalm a bunch of people. But it's... I feel that doesn't really fit with the tone of the album either, so, eh. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of urban environments have helicopters flying overhead too, whether it's news helicopters or police helicopters. Yeah, but I could almost make a distinction between this this type of... So of, you think it's more of like an Apache chopper, like giant war type chopper? Apaches are actually quite small as fuller, so helicopters go. A little FYI. You're thinking of a Blackhawk. Blackhawk. Yeah, John, really John would be a better person a to answer this question. I don't have a clue, no. Beast of a single rotor helicopter. So you tell me, what was it? Uh, I don't know. Mr. Helicopter Expert, Bill. No? I know I know specs. I don't necessarily know auditory recordings. Dang. Could have been really useful here. I know. The, if it's a news copter, then uh, that's just silly. <laughs> Channel 5 News. The next oh, track is where... Right, this, ah, this, is, this, this one is where they really got my attention on the album. It's where I really started to key in. So this Agreed. is Jacquard Causeway. And immediately it has this industrial night drive kind of feel. I compared it to Akira... The, the, the motorcycle, the first motorcycle scene in Akira when they're driving off and causing trouble, you know, and they're going down the highway, like, it, and it very much had that kind of purposeful, focused intent, not necessarily an intent for good, but it had this kind of night drive with focus, like, they're going somewhere, they're gonna do something. There's right. multiple ways to have a road trip. A road trip through, like, say, Kansas is very calm, to some extent boring, you can have a road trip through, you know, maybe maybe you're going through mountains and there's ups and downs and turnarounds. This was cruising, midnight, neon signs everywhere. This is the stereotypical Tokyo scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just... I got a sense of that immediately. It was great in that such a way. And it, it, the reason I, I saw this was the, the spotlighting of the sounds of the actual... Uh, tones in this song the way they were so punctuated was just bright lights heading by you it's funny that um you go to tokyo i mean i would probably throw out any number of cities you specifically feel tokyo i feel like it's important to mention at this point that the the cover of this album features the skyline of san francisco as seen from alameda naval base um okay okay i'm just letting you know still i, I think john jumped to Tokyo after I mentioned Akira. I'd, actually, I was thinking more Initial D. You see, oh, okay. this is what I want to really get into here. How, how we're crafting our own story, essentially. And I just want to be, be wary of that as we try to kind of bring it back to the more objective, maybe? Yeah. You know. I mean, it's kind of... It, it is yeah. and isn't kind of hard to be objective it's, with this it's album. It's ambient music that, again, it lends itself to that kind of flexibility. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I'm sure that uh, boards it, kind of prepare themselves for those kinds of... Uh... I'm finding it difficult to wax eloquence on the chord progression and such. Oh, it would be pointless for me to even dive into that kind of stuff here because it's, it's, it's so spread out, you know, these changes. And, or if it's not spread out, then it's so minimal. Like, I, I did actually figure out a few things. It's just... A lot of times, it's just a very simple chromatic progression, like just within the span of four se semitones. Other times, they actually really are going into semitones with like quarter sharps, quarter flats, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it and when it when it does that, it tends to serve the same purpose as it did in that one moment in the Godstick's uh, solo that I pointed out. Right. It's meant to unnerve you a little bit, 
but there I can't go full force with unnerving on this album. No, it's, it's more like a, there's a moment a towards general, the end that's genuinely completely unnerving. Yes, but instead the tone here I feel is more of a general. I'm gonna go with what you said. This is more like short stories or vignettes. Yes. Or I may I would even reduce it further and just say snapshots of. The Brave New World. The Brave New World are your personal observations of the world as it's as it's existing or crumbling or the yeah. aftermath. However you put the it, word it's Neo. very introspective. The word Neo would be used in this case <laughs> Neo, quite often. Neo, Neo blank. Yeah. yeah. Like Neo-apocalypse, Neo... Neo... Utopia. Post-dystopia. These words are definitely come to mind. Quite, uh, quite often. No, I'm gonna this. have to play devil's advocate again because there's some themes here that are very Cold War esque. They almost feel like they're a a, a, a bygone time. First of all, yeah, the whole but, sound of the album is of that 70s, 80s. Synth. But you can have but a I future point, in the past. And sure, it's more of a divergent future, and I do like the aspect of. Um, oh, what it's analog. No, no, <laughs> no. analog. Shh, both of you analog tones as opposed to digital tones. I love that. Because it promotes the idea of a step back in our technological evolution. Yeah. And it, it and it's talking to, like when we mentioned Akira, Akira's a movie that came out in the 80s, so it has that kind of 80s feel, but that movie takes place in the future, but it has an 80s sound and an 80s feel as well. Well, Even, the movie was made in 1988. That's what I'm saying. So this <laughs> kind of has this future from the past kind of thing, like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, somehow in the future. Like... That kind of a thing. All right, and I love the gritty old stu- old school anime in that in that film. Not that I'm like you know a huge anime person, but I no, I really that's do one of that my film. favorite anime films. Yeah, it's, it's just it's in- phenomenal. First of all, it's one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Oh yeah, especially the tail end of it is just horribly disturbing. Yeah, but but moving on, we get to speaking of um, uh, Akira. Actually, we get to Telepath, a short two-ish minute song. No, minute and a half. Um, it's short, really strange, kind of. I don't know. It's. <laughs> I don't okay. really know what we else gotta, to talk we about. We gotta provide I, a little bit more focus here. This song, I felt, damages the, the continuity of the album. To it was some an extent. interlude that didn't really serve anything. To I me. don't even see it as an interlude. I believe it's a, a, a directional choice that just didn't work out for me. Well, there is a little bit of uh, explanation behind this track here. Um, essentially. The voiceover that you hear in the background, which is the most prevalent thing, you mainly just hear it counting. It might be hard to decipher on just the first listen, but uh, if you look it up, <laughs> it actually is based on a facet of telepathy research that was done during the Cold War. So again, more Cold War era stuff. It was transmissions that they were testing sent through the microwave band, sent directly into the human brain. I think that's kind of fascinating and also kind of scary, and apparently they had some mild success with it, but mostly what you hear in this track, I guess it's just a snap. They're using this as an example of the error, per se, I'm not sure, but you just hear them saying, testing one, two, three, four, because it's an experiment. It's an experiment being done, a very bizarre experiment, uh, something that I'm not not even sure is being researched at the moment, Uh, probably because they were looking for new ways to um, keep things secret and code, yeah. you know, directly from one person to another. Right. If you don't have to use a, uh, a transmitter, that, that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, the other things you might hear that might, might throw you are things like, like, that was amazing, or turn it up, 
or turn it down because it's it's one person and their experience having transmissions sent directly into their brain not through headphones not sitting there in front of a screen no this is just it, it is telepathy this is exactly what the track states so very on the nose track. It obviously. is very on the nose. It's not and 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 the only way to get that on the nose is to actually look the darn thing up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's obliquely on the nose. That could help or hurt this album. I'm inclined to to say hurt because a lot I of agree. it a lot of it is is it's more like an experiment than it is music at that point. Well, and also and this comes up later in the album too. Once you look it up, there's no interpretation. There's none. It's this is what it is. It's fact, not interpretation. Right. And clearly, w- this was a case where we all sort of just came to a dead stop when it came to our own interpretations. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a problem. However, uh, when you take it in context of the album, there's a, many other tracks, uh, as you were saying, John, that really do focus on that electromagnetic spectrum communication. Yeah. It's a it's a communication-based album. No, yeah. Or at I... least it uses communication as the vessel to achieve this... Uh, Neo post apocalyptic story or what have you. It doesn't. And, okay. Very strange. Okay, we're gonna keep going back to this, but I think that the framework, especially when we're talking and the next few tracks, I think do an excellent job with this. Uh, during, when you look at, I'm really doing a terrible job of trying to speak right now. Let we're all str- we're all struggling. I'm this struggling okay. really bad. We've never done ambient before. It's considered <coughs> as a test run. Excuse me. We're talking how this is post-apocalyptic, neo-whatever, and we keep harkening back to Cold War era. I think that's an appropriate combination because of the idea the Cold War was the first time that we truly had the opportunity and even the inclination to destroy ourselves as a society. And And most post-apocalyptic ideas are based upon the Cold War. In many ways, that was the preeminent cultural facet was destruction and the ending of the human race that's a very scary thing because when you consider before the a-bomb we were living in such bliss you know we had never really conceived of ways in which we could all just stop in the blink of an eye and all of a sudden everyone is super obsessed with that from the 50s to the 80s yeah and also like if you look at the fallout games that were made for the for before the xbox and even especially the newer ones for the xbox fallout 3 and fallout new vegas it's it's about time stopping, essentially the nuke destroying everything, and then you're still all that you have is this 1950s, 1960s kind of feel, but with technology that's way more advanced because you were forced to push through and persevere to survive in this dystopian future. It's especially scary that uh, baby boomers, the largest demographic of the nation, were kids at the time, and these are the people that grew up into the generation now, our parents and everything. That, they're the generation that went forth and were creative and actually were commenting on that thing that they were that they grew, grew up with the three years you know who knows three years a couple months maybe tomorrow it could all just end yeah you know hide under your desks that'll do it yeah 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 and this leads us into <laughs> the next track cold earth which i think also i mean it, it's clear that there's there's this struggle between post-apocalyptic and cold war between, but they're not but they're between, not that separate either it's between desolation and rebuilding that's the struggle going on here um and cold earth it's it's sort of like a hybrid idea of of these two opposing forces because 
it, it the, the the track seems to actually imply um, a deviance or a damage to the natural order of things. The way it's disharmonious in its actual progression, where it kind of like backpedals and 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 beats up its own beats. No, I definitely see that. In fact, I call it a very numbing track. Not not to any positive or negative end. It's just the dissonance there is so is so unsettling. It's well, and also John mentioned before that it's it's felt like an alien world. I agree but don't agree. I agree alien is the right word but not alien is an extraterrestrial. Alien is in understanding. As, it's as, a, it's our world but it's alien to us cuz we don't understand anymore cuz it's so different. Because it's the song goes through a natural sort of progression that really is very uh deviant. It's it's a natural but not of nature. It even has a melody, and that melody it's a super scary melody, but it's yeah. th- it's there. It's present. And this leads into now I'm not even gonna try and pronounce Transmissionist Ferrix. Transmissionist Ferrix. Transmissionist Ferrix. Is it Spanish? I, I believe it is Spanish. It's uh it, it means Ferocious transmissions. So I'm gonna need or some ag- help here, guys. Aggressive transmissions. Because I don't really have any notes for this song. I didn't know what to make of this one. This is the the, the um. This is a propagation from Cold Earth. This is the disturbed culmination from Cold Earth, uh, redefining itself. Is this because the- I I really like the uh ending of it, and the way. Once again, we're getting into the radio wave sound. The the, the static sound, almost trying to dial itself back in into a very baseline white noise. Yes, I I definitely hear that. In fact, it, it, it did remind me of something. Uh, the sound that was used in the movie Contact. Yes, I remember you saying that, and I did agree that that it it does feel like that strange kind of yeah staticky moment. Which in that case, it was used as an otherworldly sound, but it's you know it's transmissions again, experimenting around with uh, with pulses. It's the electromagnetic spectrum. This is all communication based. Uh, but it, specifically speaking to the word ferrix, which means ferocious or aggressive, it is a very I can't say grating because it's very low pitch. Uh, grating I tend to use in context of high pitches. This ominous? is it, it's ominous. It's rumbling. It phases in, it phases out. It does exactly what you described, John. It's just... I actually find that very appropriate for its, this place in the album. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Done. yeah, no, it was great. It, like um, I said, I didn't mind it. I just couldn't make heads or tails of it. And it, it, it was at this point where we started to see the songs starting to become more singular in their ideas or starting to pair up or form trifectas it really felt, of theme work throughout. Yeah. It felt more episodic, more more like a collection of short stories like the Animatrix we mentioned which Definitely. was you know not necessarily in any particular order a collection of stories this isn't you know 17 stories but there's definitely it, it's it's more of a point of view or if anybody has read uh, World War Z or yes Robopocalypse uh, which is another book it's a very much a same era same time frame told from a variety of points of view different perspectives but of a similar accounting a very personalized yeah. feeling as well. I agree 100% with that. And you really get that personalization in Sick Times, the next song. You get this kind of dark, personal dread almost. And this is this is where I'm really pointing it out. I cannot really discuss Sick Times without talking about Collapse. I, I agree. The two of them are just We should talk about them together. So yeah. that's track 8 and track 9, um, Sick Times and Collapse. 
Essentially, I feel that Collapse was a more exaggerated version of Six Times. Yeah, um, I can see that. You saw Dread in Six Times. I feel like that's too harsh a word. Well, I felt there, darkness, if, not if necessarily If it's there, dread. it's subtle. It's very subtle. Um, but, hell, uh, we've been doing it so far. Let's just do it again. I'll tell you my impressions. I really am sticking by my stance. This is set at some kind of airport. I hear... I hear wind in the background. The wind, it sounds like the rushing of a jet engine. Again, you're on the peripheral of a city. This is some... I'm also going back to the cover here. You know, Alameda Air Force Base. Come to think of it, there's a lot more of a ominous military vibe on this uh, album as, er, than I originally thought. There could be a hidden political statement in here. Um, the trick is there's just so many layers and so many directions you could take with this. Uh... I believe that in this particular case, it was showing, in sick times, it was showing a subtle, ominous cloud overhead. And in collapse, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is it is the culmination of where you were at with sick times. If you don't think the shit is going to hit the fan in sick times, well, it does in collapse. Which is why collapse is just depressing. I can't even say ominous at that point. You are in the midst of the collapse. <laughs> I felt that same feeling of travel in sick times. I f did not quite get that airplane, spaceship, flight kind of a vibe to it, but I did feel a progression of moving from point A to point B. I felt a journey is being undertaken here. And collapse feels like if anybody... I'm a, I'm a gamer. I gotta use a game reference. Uh, one of the in Halo, the way that the bad alien dudes, the Covenant, tried to wipe out the humans is that they took their big old plasma weapons, they boiled planets, they turned deserts into glass. And that's that kind of feel I get in Collapse. Glasslands. Truly, utterly unmade areas. And with not more than just wind blowing through. And I understand I went, that. And I went to a place similarly, in, in aesthetic anyway... The collapse reminded me of the scene in Tron Legacy when Jeff Bridges, because uh, uh, I forget the character's name, his son and um, and Cora are on this giant air train, just <coughs> traveling over nothingness and water and emptiness. And but it was that same kind of wind blowing storytelling and moving yet, through. I want to tone it down a little bit here because even though there is a subtle and yes, it is subtle and ominous. Uh, impression within Sick Times, I'm inclined to say that it's the second most positive track on the album, after one that will come much later. It's this more track of an to me, album. It, it's almost more of a bliss, like the in ignorance is bliss kind of track. Well, I'm saying aftermath. There's nothing bad going on now. No, I don't even see the aftermath here. This feels like it's right before. It feels like collapse is the, uh, well, the collapse. Okay. I, uh, I will not fully agree, but I will not, like, discredit that the idea. things I see here... I definitely I definitely see glimpses of that, but I can't, can't be that forceful. In sick times, I see consistency, integration, and even though it's a little bit positive, there is a cold vibe there, and that is the subtle... But there's a cold vibe to this whole entire album. I don't think you can listen to a single track and not feel a chill run down your spine a little bit. More from, then you say, because we keep going back to that, this is a personalized album. This is definitely from a point of view. Would this be more from a child's perspective? 
as opposed to an adult, someone who does not fully comprehend what's going on. That is a fascinating interpretation. I mean, just considering the way you look back on it, things are always a lot more exaggerated for children than they are for adults, and Kinda, ooh, it's ooh, a lot ooh. more black and, well, it's just impressions. Oh, Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt, 13 monkeys. 13 monkeys. No, 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys. Not 13 <laughs> 12 monkeys. You added monkeys. one more monkey. Uh, too many monkeys. 12 monkeys. Yeah. No, well, I... Uh, that child-esque point of view. I definitely see that. Yeah. I, I really agree. do. Um... I see that personally, but again, that's, that's, that's a problem here, is that it may all be left to impressions. That fits our view. Uh, there's still not too many tracks here that indicate the child's perspective. Um, no. It, it's just... It, well, it's, it a, would it's fit. short stories. This is, like I'm saying, this is not one person. Right. It would, it would fit the idea of impressions, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we move... Speaking of impressions, we move on to Palace Posey's track 10, which... I mean, the first thing you notice about this track immediately is its tribal drum beat. It kind of hits you with it immediately as the song begins. Uh, it's the urban theme is really back here. Uh, the first time I heard this, I was my eyes were closed, and I immediately was visualizing silicon, uh, silicon-based life forms, trees that look like <laughs> robots. Like that's as immediately hit me. Interesting. A true urban, urban jungle. jungle, like yeah. the at, on the nose style. It's very, very interesting because this track, well, first of all, I love the whole uncentered melody. The el- melodies seem to like stop and then start again, stop and start. I, I love that. But of course, the driving, the driving force in this track is the rhythm. There's really nothing else. This that, is um, a rhythm-focused track. Yeah. And any, actually, I'm going to take uh, my previous claim back. The Sick Times isn't the second most positive track. It's the third most positive track because I think Palace Posey is the second most positive yeah. track. It's uh, kind of like gives you that kind of high life. You feel see how like, I have to actually make a uh, a rating system here for positivity because everything else is just so far in the opposite direction. Yeah, um, not depressing. And even still, just, there's yeah, just bleak is as good as the, a lot of the stuff gets. It, yeah, bleak. But this exactly. one, yeah, it really had that high life feel, that that life feel. But I saw with it stopping and restarting and stopping and restarting as being more of a built nature, where yeah. it's actually there is a legitimate guiding <clears throat> hand. There is. Some outside force, not even like, forget religion, but someone physically there making the trees, making the life. All right, but this is where I'm going to start getting into some critiques here, because so far we've been playing this album very, very safely, trying to attribute our own, uh, our own interpretation to it, not knowing if we're correct or not, uh, trying to run off other people's interpretations, whether or not we look it up or not. It's, it's a very, very tricky album even for ambient music, because a lot of ambient music is simply used to just uh, fit a mood, you know, not to induce. This is induce. It, this is they are creating a mood for you, because what are the chances that you're going to find yourself in this kind of mood? Yeah. Not often are we all feeling uh, apocalyptic. I, I, that's not a mood that I typically experience. Sometimes I imagine it, but yet it's my version. It's not this version. This yeah. is the composer's version of Apocalypse, so it's very, it's very personal to them in many cases. So, here's my critique. I feel like they're stopping and starting their uh, their vision a little bit. We definitely have uh, tracks that seem to vividly indicate uh, complexity, and then others that seem to vividly indicate desolation. Those are two things that are going on. We have a theme of communication, but how can you have communication 
if there's just desolation? Because who's communicating? And then on the other hand, maybe it's just electromagnetic, spir- uh, electromagnetic spectrum period, which of course is a natural force that would exist without us, which is why there tends to be a, a very raw nature to the pulses that you hear in many of these tracks. But if the end result of both of these things, busyness, you know, complexity to desolation, if the end result there is apocalypse, then are we experiencing one apocalypse or many? Are we retelling the same story over and over and over again? Um, I Because that seems disjointed. That is a great point, and... I feel like within the framework of a, the world they seem to be creating in my mind here, we're looking more at the last bastions of human civilization surrounded by what is what they did to the world. Mm. More of just one, two, three, four, just a few mega cities left where all the population of the world is using just a fraction of a fraction of the world because the rest is irritated, unlivable destroyed by whatever apocalypse they created. Sort of like that concept in the Matrix in the first movie how they're existing in this on like this the machines created this online world cuz a human destroyed the actual world and so then they became harvested and there was nothing but desolation. But there are pockets of of civilization, of civilization like rebuilding, Zion. real rebuilding at points. Yes. I'll buy that, especially considering a theme that comes up uh, later in the album, toward toward the end. And Um, I mean, going back to your um, electromagnetic feel, I mean, the the next track really speaks to that too. And I split your infinities. Looking back, the main reason that I brought this up, just just to uh, point it out, is because of the shift between collapse and palace posy. Collapse is such a bleak, bleak track, and then palace posy is practically fun. I mean, you know. Usually, when it's the end, it's the end. Uh, this, yeah, there are rays of hope. And I am starting this to buy ma- John's interpretation now that there's pockets of humanity, rays of hope here and there. It's just um, glimpses. And that right. seems to be what the album And it also is. supports that concept of multiple short stories as opposed to one large story. Right. And speaking of Split Your Infinities, uh, before you guys go into it, I saw something here. And I was seeing a connection between that and Palace Posies. And... Using the conceptual idea of a, of life and networking of a tree work, I, I see a definite connection to Split Your Infinities with the flowing nature of the track. The way I, I felt like it was information moving. It was electrons flowing through wire work, which you could see as a web work. I mean, that's why it's called the World Wide Web. You could see that as a great tree, a great be- part of life. And I, I really see a theme work connection between these two tracks. I understand that, uh, but we need to get into one other thing with Split Your Infinities. I know. I, and I, I was, I was, I'm loving that, too. I'm loving what you tried, but now we're going to be torn in another direction here as, as we actually look at the facts in front of us. There is a quote here. It's a very clouded quote, uh, clouded by all the distortion in the album, and I believe it's even slowed down a little bit, and it starts from about the halfway point on this track, on Split Your Infinities, and it continues almost to the very, very end. I might as well read it. Yeah, Shall I? Yes, yes. just one second before you... So, the, to, to be clear, this this song had a very distinct feel at first, and, and this, the, you can tell that they're speaking in the background, but just listening to it, you'd be very... It would be very difficult to just decipher it. Yeah. However, Steve did research, which which 
you know, unearth this, the actual, what it was. Uh, you found it through Wikipedia, right? Uh, I found it through a, a bocpages.org, in fact. BOC okay. is Boards of Canada. Uh, Boards so of Canada, so there you go. And, and I don't know if it's fan, but in any case, I did listen to it uh, while following this quote. It does seem to be right. match up. Um, Alright, so beware, because this will be very seemingly off-topic. The FEMA plans to imprison American citizens have generated a lot of interest around the country in locating the potential prison camps throughout the country. These may be facilities currently being used as prisons, such as those you saw earlier, or prisons that are being built supposedly in the name of the war on drugs, or facilities that have other uses but could quickly be used to detain large numbers of people, such as this Amtrak facility in Beech Grove, Indiana. We're standing now in the main parking lot, which doesn't look too sinister, at this level, it is a very large parking. Uh, it is a very large parking lot, fenced off, fenced off on all sides by fence, topped by barbed wire. It also has these electronically operated turnstiles. There is also a surveillance camera, just like the one we saw at FEMA facility, pointing out to the parking lot, and a helicopter windsock. All of these apparent security measures are particularly unusual here because this is a very low-crime area, and this facility is nothing but an old train repair station with nothing in it worth stealing. This killed me when Steve told me this when we were listening to this track, because for me, it's like... And, and John has some counter-argument to it, but for me, it totally breaks the reality, of, of the or the fantasy, actually, of what the album was up to this point. You know, I mean... Without doing the research, you wouldn't really discover this, so you can easily kind of slip back in. But knowing this, it's like, and and noticing it once you you've heard this and then listening, re-listening to it, it just it kind of ruins that. Any number of stories that you may have created in your mind going up to this point are just so suddenly shattered. Because this is factual. This is something. This is an actual video you can look up on YouTube where this dialogue comes from. It comes from an old news report, and I'm not even, I, I can't even find, uh, I can't even find too many sources on that. On the on the face of it, it almost looks like a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I mean, it looks like you a fan video. Whether you believe this is the case, or whether it's not, it's just, it, it, the connection it has is that the video seems to have been made a long time ago, so it seems like this was an allegation being made sometime, maybe back in the 90s. But, it's just, it so does not fit. It's just, I don't understand why they would use this. It just doesn't seem to make any sense comparatively to the rest of the record. But, on the other hand, John had an interpretation, which I do want shared, because this is the trick. This is a very, I am going to say it, this is a very intelligently constructed album, even if it seems uh, a little bit bizarre at times. It, it invites a certain degree of patience, and a certain degree of research and uh, insight. It asks you to pick it apart. Yeah. It's um, it's not really hiding that fact, and this is this is clear because otherwise, you know, someone clearly had to fit, sit down. Unless uh, boards of candles shared it themselves, someone had to sit down there and decipher this. Who has that kind of time in their hands? It's um, it, it's not a passive album as you, as. As you said it was a passive album, Matt. You said it could but, be used as a passive album, but I don't think this can be a fa passive album now after we've learned this information. I think, I think that on the surface it can be very passive, but once you engage in it, it, it becomes very active listen once you let it pull you in. Right. In any case, I'm going to defer to John here. Now first we'll take a step back from the content of this 
talking piece of these actual uh, dialogue. The, the idea of creating, not in, not in the beginning, but of creating this visual flow of energy and then creating a discorded, disturbed undercurrent, something that is words, that is information, but broken down, ripped apart, stretched thin, implies all sorts of visual and, and thought-provoking ideas. You're talking there is going to be breakdown, even with this, this resurgence of energy from the palace po uh, posy, there is still going to be breakdown. We're still going to have that undercurrent of fear in everything that we do now that we're at this new world. It's an incredibly pointed idea. I love the concept of it. Uh, it doesn't even matter what it says. Now, speaking to what it says, this can imply so many other things itself. Who is doing this this distortion? Is it the individuals themselves trying to get out word and hiding it? Is it the government? Is it the ruling masses, like in 1984, trying to keep information suppressed? There's whole tangents you could take off of this. This song is itself a conspiracy theory, and it's a beautifully done one. I've never heard that in song before. I will say to John's point... Yeah. I will say to John's point also, if you take, we've mentioned the Fallout games before, we've mentioned some other movies that take place in this kind of time out of time where, you know, a nuclear attack happens in the 50s, so now it's built on that. In all of those sci-fi-esque situations, there's always an old TV playing an old news report. There's always an old radio there's playing an old news report. There's always a mind F in the background. Yeah, yeah, like something to make you think and to trip you out, and that's definitely what this is. One of my favorite storylines of all time is the Bioshock video game. Which we've which, talked about many times. And I don't care if you have never played it before and are waiting to play it, so forget about you. Spoilers. Spoiler during alert. The, during the game, you are playing a character, and you're being guided by another character. And this other character goes up to you and says, would you kindly pick up that wrench and beat this person to death? Or would you kindly open that door? Or would you kindly put the power on? And it's the crux of that word. Later on in the game, would you kindly? It's that instant you find out that that phrase is what has been programmed into your life to make you do things. You thought you were playing a video game. You were forced to do it. I mean, it was an amazing reveal. And it's that little extra step of undercurrent of idea that was just so beautiful in that game. And I'm seeing, while not nearly as fleshed out in a 12-hour video game, uh, I'm seeing that same sort of idea in this song. And I, I'm inclined... I'm inclined to buy it on the grounds that I have no other recourse. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the issue here, is because this is so based on interpretation... I, I have no choice but to accept what fits. Um, I still am going to pull a little bit back, though, and say that um, it doesn't so much fit the idea of, of uh, pockets of humanity, per se, as we had just previously established. We had just... Right. I mean... This seems more like a present-day commentary than it does anything else. It could also be, I mean... Okay, Palace Poise. 
Uh, Posey. I keep saying that wrong. I don't know why. Please. The jungle of life rebuilding itself. Possibly from a technological standpoint. Possibly just nature reclaiming it. Into split your infinities. A truly flowing and we've basically agreed upon a dissertation. Not dissertation. Uh, dis, dis, dissemination. Dissemination of information. Oh, okay. Could it be just us falling, uh, humanity itself falling back into its old ways? Or something? I mean, there's so much depth you can look into here. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's there's why, a lot of things you can do with this track. That's why I'm not, I'm not necessarily stating a critique. It's just that... Um, <laughs> could this be this, Act this, 3? You could potentially... Um, not that I would want you to, but you could potentially just stop the podcast right now and just make up your own damn mind. It's... Uh, any number of ideas could float around about yeah. this. This is weird. Tracking this so we should, we should this is really meta. Let's go on. The, so track 12 I is, appreciate Boards of Canada for making us think. Yes. The the next track, track 12, Your Ritual, this is the next truly creepy, unnerving track. And it, it is. It's the way it just kind of... It's got this spooky kind of haunting vibe to it. It's disturbing, repetitive, and seems to kind of propagate... Uh, a, a, a creepy motif that's just really hard and it's also really short of. it's a two minute track that's very poignant but just kind of out there kind of just random and just creepy for creepy's sake which kind of com- you mean there's a track on this album that is nerving and unsettling and yeah. all those other things yeah and I have to say this track I really did not enjoy this is one of the few tracks there's only this is a track that I had very little say about because yeah. I, there yeah. wasn't as much to it, it didn't invite as much dissection. After all this thought-provoking, almost discussion we're getting with all the previous tracks, it was it was very disappointing to have something that was really bland on the album. And this was propagated in the next song, Nothing Is Real. I, I had that same bland flavor in my mouth. Yeah. It was just a very repetitive track. I mean, the looping... It was clear that this was in the vein of techno, and not great techno either. It was this kind of... Overly looped, very repetitive track that just didn't I mean, go. I'm anywhere. not going to go as far to say that nothing is real as filler, like you ritual. I mean, I definitely think that you ritual, you ritual, yeah, you ritual is filler, but nothing is real. I do think it fits. It it fits the theme work of the album. At the same time, it doesn't really. It doesn't add anything to it. It's very excessively looped. It, it like I said, even for um. It's for for techno. I'd say. The problem is that. Most of this album kind of hinges on techno, although it's really ambient. We've had ambient mostly up to this point. In ambient, you don't get loops, you get fluidity. It's nice to see that fluidity from one section to another. In this particular case, you don't get that. You just... You you just loop it over and over and over and over again. That's something that is done in techno. And I know the type of techno that I prefer is the type that actually moves into another, like new sections, but this one just didn't do that. I, I was looking for it, and it just goes on for as long as it goes, and we get no new section, no new, uh, no new instrument. It just seemed like a very static track. Yeah, it, it it wasn't nearly as engaging as the next track. I mean, though it was slow, Sundown was at least more engaging than that track. It, they did flow. Yeah. And I felt like Sundown was the antithesis of uh, Gemini. It was the flip side. It was the closing. You mean antithesis. St- don't even start. <laughs> it was the closing statement of the concept that we had been brought to here. 
which can be looked at a couple ways. Maybe this was the original ending of the album. Uh, maybe it was the ending of the era represented here because there is another song that speaks to regermination. But this... Sundown did a great depressing finality in a story that had been being built into this album. Now, I'll buy that. Uh, I mean, even just from a musical standpoint, uh, soothe it. it was soothing. Sundown was a soothing track to me. Yeah. Um, I didn't get that Nothing Is Real, and I didn't get anything from You Ritual. Other than so creepy and that's, spooky. That's really the hole in this album, are those two tracks, You Ritual and Nothing Is Real. Uh, Sundown I'm defensive of. I'm defensive of, even if it doesn't add much, it, it's still, um, for me at least, it's it punctuates. Still, yeah. Again, it was personal taste that I think it was a little too slow for me, but I don't disagree with what you're saying. It this definitely still fits the theme, and it still yeah. ha- it does have that kind of finality, which then is kind of jumped over in the next track, where we get another rebirth. It's it's New Seeds, which is probably my favorite track on the record, um, has this kind of sense of rebirth, this construction, this building, almost rebuilding of it's, a society gone wrong. It's a song... It, I wouldn't even say that. There's absolutely no urban idea here. That's the whole thing. This is really full of just pure vigor is the best way I could fill it. It's full of hope. Do you want some vim with your vigor? Shush. (laughs) It's really, it's, it's full of energy, like undiluted growth. It's the most positive track on the entire record. Absolutely without a doubt. It really actually progresses extremely well. Um, to kind of flesh out this idea of energy being concentrated, and it and it connects to the next track really well too. Going into to wait, Steve, anything? Uh, for new <laughs> he hasn't spoken anything at all. Well, I'm still kind of contemplating about the hole in the album, but this is another case where I I feel like it went straight from you know, collapsed to Palace Posey again. This is the same exact instance. We were here at the bottom, and now we just rose back up. Oh, yeah, New Hope and all that. It's, just a, it's throwing me back and forth, and I still don't know how to take it. It's just a as, different as we were, as we were That's the whole thing. It's a different sort of rise. Palace Posey, we saw very much a manufactured idea in it, and this one is, I'm, I'm feeling much more natural. True nature. No, I, 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 I do agree with that. It's I'm still in the midst of questioning the... Uh, the overall meaning here, and I'm, I'm watching us to see if we're attributing things incorrectly. But on a music standpoint, New Seeds probably is one of my favorite songs on the album. I, I thought that the uh, the way in which that analog sound was evoking the guitar, like it, it sounds like a like a like a very tinny guitar sort of. That was that's pretty creative, on one hand, and then the melody that was within that rhythm. I do actually call it a melody because it seemed as if it was just, you know, the chord changes there. But that is the melody. If you listen to it, you know, you start to zone yourself in on that rhythm for minutes on end and you just accept it as the melody. It's it's another creative thing. So, yeah, this is probably one of the more universally appealing tracks in this album because so many other tracks here are just so depressing. You You might have a hard time trying to, hey... Listen to this. <laughs> you know, they would actually think you had some some emotional problems. But, but, but the, this track, I could see doing it with. I could see spreading it around. But it doesn't last because even though it's a great transition from New Seeds to Come to Dust, the next track, the second to last track, Come to Dust goes right back into that almost depressing nature. 
Well, there was a bit of a progression there because even New Seeds, there was a transition there. About halfway through, it had a B section where it introduced the synth, this whole yeah. swooping synth, uh, to supplement that that rhythm melody, uh, pitter patter, so to speak. And that really, it, it made the track seem a lot grander than it initially did. Initially, it was it was light and airy. We made the comparison to uh, to the end of Wally. You're, yes. you're planting new seeds and you're trying to. Uh, to, you know, rebuild. It's yeah. it's this positive, uplifting notion, right? And then, all of a sudden, that uh, that synth comes in, and it's like, huh? Well, okay, maybe maybe this is this is the note that they're leaving us on with the album. Unless you looked at the book jacket, then you notice this two more tracks. But it does seem to be a transition. It's 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 such a it's such a shaft of a transition, to yeah. be honest. But I do see it. You expect that synth is going to be more of a universal positive uplifting thing instead it's it's pulling you right back down to the dust yes and that's in, in come to dust come to dust <laughs> not to speak over your mat the 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 being whatever that was created in new seeds i don't know i don't know what it is something was created in new seeds in come to dust i feel like it's reaching its full limits it's it's we're going through an entire life cycle. Th- yes, exactly. There you go. It is a life it's cycle. It's reaching fruition. That's the way I put it. It is It is culminating. There's something else, too, which I almost forgot. There was a modulation uh, during New Seeds, and I'm, that that even seems to indicate it more than the synth does. Modulations usually indicate a change in tone, and uh, I heard that about uh, about the same exact moment where um, the synth comes in. So when you modulate, you're definitely shifting the tone of an album very drastically. It seems to end on a even more depressing note than the album had previously reached. Yeah, going from Come to Dust to the final track, which Steve will now pronounce for us. Some, Semina Metvik. It seems it's Russian in title. Um, first of all, I, I didn't like the outro very much. The intro, Gemini was very strong. The outro, horribly depressing and... And it's just, I don't know, I would have liked the album to have ended on other points. This point, it's just, it's like, I don't even know what we're left with at this point. Well, here's the progression here. Starting in New Seeds, like I said, we had that modulation. And then going to Come to Dust, we have more use of semitones. More quarter sharps, more quarter flats. It's a very, very dissonant, off-putting album. But like I said, it's leaning toward depression at this point, not just trying to unsettle you. Uh, and said the last track is the, the final, the be-all. Yeah. What's I mean? It's essentially means seeds of the dead, essentially roughly translated. Yes, but yes. Yeah. So, I mean, in Russian, it means seeds of the dead. So I mean, just on that translation alone, it's just new, such a downer. You have new seeds. That's a positive notion. You are planting new seeds. You are rebuilding humanity. You're rebuilding your life. Whatever you want to interpret it, and then come to dust, as we all do. Of course, it's one day. kind of a combination of a full life cycle, which still is is a downer, but it's it's it's, it's all but it's the best we can hope for, to right? Be honest. But then we get to Seeds of the Dead, where it's it's the afterpoint. It's this is the end. It's after the end. It's an oxymoron, really. Essentially, yeah. I don't know. I just well, there's a lot of symbology in in the Seed, words Seeds of the Dead. Seeds of the Dead. It could be what they created that will propagate along after right. their death. Or what it the could dead be... have left behind. That's what, yeah. People always use that phrase, returning to the earth, because, of course, our... From dust we came, and to dust we shall return. Yes. And to a greater extent, we are star stuff. <laughs> I just... Quote uh, Star I, I'm Sagan. full on this record. Like, this was a eight-course meal. 
and then some. It's just there was so much to it and so many parts and. I mean, as far as doing our first kind of full ambient record as well, but I feel less... Dude, yeah, no, that's the whole thing. There was... Forget about the counting in telepathy, uh, telepath, and the, the random words being done at weird... in di- in split, uh, uh... Split your infinities. Split your infinities. We had no lyrics to talk about. We had very few melodies to talk about. And yet we've gone on for over an hour about the record without those pieces. Well, that's why I brought it. Because I like moving us in these directions. Of course, this, uh, I really like throwing you guys down at the bottom of the rabbit hole before we start climbing away back up. Because <laughs> that's it's just, how I work. For me, like, I mean, I mean, I, I, I thought know. it. I don't even know where to start with this. I, I can't. It, Somebody I, else okay. start the wrap okay. up. I can't do it. Dude. I thought it really hard when doing this. You thought it. I thought really it so hard. hard. I stroked it. Now this was this is an extremely in depth composition in this album, but honestly, at at face value, if you do not look for it, you will not see any of this. You have to actively try to pick it apart. We talked about this earlier. You have to. I'm, I'm gonna be very blunt. If you take this on a passive listen, you're gonna be bored. Yeah, I was. That's absolutely. my. That's my. Uh, my first listen, I was kind of bored. Yeah. There were mo- moments that stood out, but all in all, listening to it in the car, just driving around, this is very. I was bored for half the record. This is a very intelligent, out out there music, which is the kind of stuff I like because I very rarely listen passively. But even this was pushing my limits a bit. Uh, a first listen, and I was very confused, and there were many tracks which I was just kind of like, all right, all right, all right, let's 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 wrap it up or let's move into something else here. I, I get the gist. Yeah, there were moments where you were almost yeah. bored. This album is an hour long. It's an hour long suite, uh, as described by some reviewers. Um, in fact, there there was one review that I wanted to to read. To quote it? To quote it, yes. Um, not, not in full, but it was just a, a specific comparison. It said it was like finding... It was like finding an artifact in a glacier like a precious artifact it's impressive to behold but cold to the touch interesting yeah <laughs> i believe that was um i'm not i'm not 100 sure but i think it was pitchfork media in any case that's one way to interpret it impressive to behold cold to the touch there is definitely a lot of stuff going on here it's definitely a a masterful composition Otherwise, we wouldn't have talked about it for an hour. Then again, we're we're, we're crash chords, and that's and what we do. We're kind of wordy. And uh, yeah, <laughs> words, 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 yeah. words. Sometimes words. we take a while to get to the point, but that's that's, we get that's there. the whole thing. Is Oops. that? And sometimes we go back around and we just keep circling it, circling it, that's circling right. it, circling it. We it's... embody the the process, so, I suppose. So, Steve, I have to ask you something. What's the point of what you're saying? Oh, you th- you think I had a point of what I was saying? No. Oh. <laughs> I gotta laugh right now because we just went. I've used words I haven't used as the SAT. Well, you know, the, like seriously, there was. I I always oh, go. Man. I always just check out other um. Other reviewers just to you know see what they've said. You know, not I don't do it in every instance, but I do it in the cases where I'm what most kind of most tepi- curious. Temperature do we have going on here? For the album? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like in general, like when you're reviewing. Forget I said something. Just keep going. <laughs> Ignore John. That's what I usually do, but you know. He's I know, and you just. <laughs> All right. The point is. Lesai. Oh, you lesai all you want. The point is. This is for a very specific type of audience. This is for people that, I believe, if you want to be, if you are open, to all types of moods. 
then I think this is an album definitely worth checking out. It's a very provocative album. At the same time, it's a very nerve-rattling album. You, you gotta be thinking of death a lot. I mean, we, we, only, we didn't even really say the word death. We say apocalypse, which sounds like, oh, that's so grand because, oh, well, everybody dies, but that's far from today. It's, that won't happen tomorrow. That'll happen years from now. It's impersonalized death. In some ways, but I also feel like it's very personalized. Because the album feels like it's, it's, it's felt through one person's experience. Or if it is multiple people, you're still feeling each and every individual and their it's own survivor stories. It could be that as well. I don't know. I, just, I can't commit to any of these notions because all of it is such speculation. I'm going to conclude by saying it's an ambient album. That, that kind of tells you what to expect. Uh, and I, of course, it's not 100% ambient. There is a lot of techno going on here. There's a lot of electronica um, that basically sums up what Boards of Canada do. And Boards of Canada are not are not like upstarts. They've been around since 1988. They've done a lot, and certainly, I could feel any of these things fitting to a montage to something that is video. If you're seeing it, then you know what to expect. Then you know what to believe. And you know exactly what the music says. Then you will acknowledge this as being brilliant. Then you'll say, "Oh, that." totally fit the mood oh, but because is, we don't is, have that frame of reference this is a score to a movie that hasn't been made yet yes. essentially yeah yes. but because we don't have that frame of reference we are making our own movie and all of us have different ideas and I think all of us had several different types of movies going on I like so, mine the best let's just break this down into simple pros and cons the pros are the thought provoking nature of it period I like music that makes you think not everyone will be inclined to think during this. They might just turn it off or pass it off as boring. But I think that for the uh, <laughs> the well-versed listener, the kind who's heard stuff similar to this before, and the kind who's just more inclined to sit and think for hours on end, and I, I tend to be that kind myself, and I know other people who are that kind then they will be intrigued by this album. I'm not saying that they're going to take away the best of things, but they'll be intrigued. The cons, I think, are the repetition uh, within the tracks themselves. And to some extent, I, I didn't say this originally, but to some extent across the album, there are definitely some tracks that have a very similar feel to another. Well, we mentioned that a lot of the urban tracks were kind yeah. of interchangeable in the beginning on a first listen. Eventually we started to notice the differences, but upon an initial listen, they do blend together. Yeah. And the apocalypse wastelands are at times the same way. I mean, the theme, if you create your own theme, and then you link the, the related things to it, eventually you're going to kind of feel this repetition. In fact, uh, I believe that this album was split when it was released on vinyl, and I think it's very appropriate to mention it was released on vinyl. A lot of things are released on, released on vinyl these days, yeah. but this album uh, specifically kind of lends itself to vinyl just because of the sound. I mean, right. this vinyl was almost all you had in the 70s, aside from 8-track, but, you know, vinyl was the predominant uh, media, form of media for for many decades. So, in this era, you're listening to it on vinyl, and you feel like you're in the Cold War environment. You feel like things are uh, kind of threatening you from every angle. And the way it was split on the vinyl release was two vinyls. 
side A, side B, and another side A, and another side B. And it made certain distinctions here. I'm going to try to find that. I believe it was something to the effect of the first track up to Jacquard Causeway. And then that was the conclusion. And we all very much liked Jacquard Causeway. So I think that's a very important conclusion there. That almost signifies a movement right there, those five tracks. The second was from Telepath, I believe, down to Collapse. Yes, that was it. Collapse was the second movement. That's where the first vinyl ends. And Collapse, we felt, was very terminating. Then we go to the next movement. Uh, what was that? Uh, Palace, Pose Palace Posey. That's a very positive, uplifting track. It seems no matter what we do, we're always going from something positive down to some kind of <coughs> collapse. So there is an arc here, and I just thought I'd point that out. It's it, That almost saves it a little bit, but it doesn't save it on a straight CD. I'm just saying it all... It's, it's We all oh, so listen to music to, in different ways. Well, yeah, but if you have to buy it on a certain format to get the real gist, then that's a failure. Well, I'm sim No, well... You're not getting... You're not buying it in another format to get... You're getting the same gist. You're just not getting up, going to your CD player, and flipping it. I guess, it. yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's the difference. The only reason I noted that is just because of the tracks that it seemed to that it seemed to conclude on. Right. I mean, were it seemed our to be... ending stories. Yeah. They were, the, they were the tracks that we had the most to discuss. And we did get that just even without knowing that to begin with. Exactly. So, again... The detractor is for the casual listener. The casual listener, I, I don't think, is going to find this um, provocative at all, because I don't think they're going to really look for provocative music, period. That's the thing. I'm going to give this a solid four. It's a little high. The same point, it's because of the themes that they present. It's almost like the same thing, and there's a bizarre comparison, it's almost like the same thing I did for Robbie Williams. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I believe I rated him as a four as well. I, rated, mm. I gave him the benefit of doubt as a pop artist. I'm giving these guys the benefit of the doubt as experimentalists. Alright, I can see that. I have similar, bleh, similar inclinations. Different reasons... For my discrepancies in, in rating this extremely high, I did not like some of the songs. I know what they were going for. I know what they're trying to say. It's in the titles. But I did not really enjoy them. And at this point, if you're going to be doing ambient, it's very hard to look past disliking a song because there's very little else to latch on to. You have to project yourself into the song in order to enjoy it. But there was only a couple songs I didn't like. And this is a lot of of music here. A lot of, while similar, a lot of heavy differences in the different tracks. I really enjoyed it on a second listen through. I really thought it was shallow on a first listen through. And that lends to what Steve just said. You have to pay attention. You have to be looking for nuances. You have to get metaphysical on this guy. It, it, that's the only way to really break it down. And because of that, the theme work is just so interesting. The ideas are just so thought-provoking. This should be like a 4-5 or, 
right off the bat because this is very smart music. But they just get in their own way, as other bands have done, it's, as we talked about before. It's almost too introverted. Yeah, maybe had they tried to make one single story instead of the short stories, we probably would have would have been heralding this as the next big blockbuster. I don't know. Maybe if this was one solid piece, like one solid symphony, if there were composed transitions and everything, it's amazing how one little thing like that could have made this brilliant. Yeah. But in individual tracks, you just... You come to this halting... It's a uh, group you... of EPs. That's what it really comes down to. Almost. Almost. I'm giving it a four and a quarter. It's gloriously beautiful wow. at times. It really is. The, it just... The feels. And we talk about this all the time. But the, uh, the, the visual ideas I get in my head listening to some of these segments is just amazing. And very few songs... While you'll feel happy, you'll feel sad... Very few songs can really just provoke a movie in my mind on the first listen. At the same time, it's it's still very it, it does have that distant nature that does not quite connect, but it it's definitely a, a beautiful album. Four point five, uh, four point two five. This album, I mean, first of all, this is the first time in a long time an album listen felt like work. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be sincere. Look, I, I definitely agree with that. Like, I and I like. I even agree with that. <laughs> and, and like, and I like ambient music. And there's some, and instrumentals as well. I mean, there's tons of instrumental music that I like. I've listened to plenty of scores on repeat. But with this, it was just. You, once I realized I had to think, I really had to think. It was. It wasn't just you rocking out to music. You were having a discussion with a philosophy teacher. It there. Yeah, there was more to this than than meets the eye, as they say, about those cars that become robots. It's I a, just. I had a feeling even on my way here that you guys were going to view it that way, and I felt it that way myself. I was just wondering if that was shared. It, it. It was just you know, there are tracks that I mean, I'm more along the lines with Steve. I I either liked or was just kind of eh on most of the tracks. There were a couple, like the bus that you can drive the whole through with your ritual and nothing is real. I'm sorry, like it's a it's a plot hole and this kind of gaping emptiness in the album that kind of just kind of put me off more so I think that it put you guys off I don't know I just I felt it really hurt the record but you know then you have shining stars like New Seeds New Seeds is a song that I really really like and it's just I don't know and I mean we went really long on this discussion I mean honestly my brain is fried at this point but 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 in wrapping up I just for the record I just want to say I liked it I did I really did like it but to rate it as high as John is not going to happen. I just, I don't think it was four or higher. I, there wasn't enough for, for me to enjoy and to emotionally connect except for, like I didn't get a range of emotions. It was pretty much, besides the couple of up points, it was depressing, dark, dreary. It was the Matrix. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but without the shiny in the computer parts. It was mostly... Which was the worst part of the Matrix. It was just, you know... Like the sequels. You know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't rate it as low as a 3.5, because there, I mean, there are three, five albums that I've listened to that this is leaps and bounds technically better. Um, but as far as enjoyment, it's just, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't enjoy it as much as some of the fours that we've reviewed. So it gets a 3.9 from me. It's almost a four. But, but the gaping hole of unnerving that, that those two tracks left for me hurt it on a whole. 
because when I listen to it, this is an album you listen to from beginning to end. Even though it goes in stories, the over arc, it's still there. But with the poor conclusion and that gaping hole it, towards the end, it just ruins the experience a little bit. Also, what you told me about, you know, yes, if we could unlearn it, maybe I'd feel better. But with, um, what was it? Uh, Split Your Infinities? Once you told me that quote and you read it and now I hear it, it's like... Or you could it, just take my point of view. I can't, though. It's one of those things <laughs> that you once you see it, you can't unsee it. it. It's one of those things that once I heard it and I know it, it just kind of ruined the experience for me for that song. Then again, and it was otherwise a great yeah. song. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just messed up because I read 1984 in the fifth grade. <laughs> well, you're messed up for a whole yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but, you know, in closing for me... It was a three nine, you know. It's almost a four. I like it, but it's just there's some things that it falls short for me. And on the the oversimplified uh, Matt Storm scale of rating, it's a listen. It's definitely a listen, hands down. For some people, it's a buy. If you're an ambient music listener, I would recommend a buy. If you're a casual music listener, it's probably a pass. But for the average, the general public, I'd say it's definitely worth hearing. It's definitely at least worth hearing. It's, Go out of your way to listen to it at least. This is a food you should dare yourself to eat once. Exactly. It's definitely, like, you shouldn't go through life never ever hurting this album. It's definitely no, worth experience. That's a perfect way to put because it. Because it's John. an experience. John it is. I'm, I'm surprisingly, have gotten a You're lot better. You're surprisingly pointing it today. No, I've gotten a lot better with my metaphors. They, they make sense. And yeah, in the, in the beginning, they didn't make a lot well, of sense. Well, I wasn't even trying. Now I'm actually trying oh, because well. we've been doing this a while and I realized I should actually try. We have been doing this um, a while. <laughs> but no, I, the reason I, I, I agree with that is because... Uh, what did you say? It was a food that you, that should, you should definitely da- try once? No, it's a food you should dare yourself to dare try Dare yourself while. to try once, try right. Once. Yeah. The reason I agree with that is because I, I, on the whole, agree with you, Matt. This is not an album that um, I would really enjoy. It is a lot of work. It's I need to put myself in a very, very uncomfortable place I, because of one reason, and that is when you're talking about you know death, apocalypse, death, apocalypse, or, or post, more, post-industrial there's a lot of bleakness. Yeah. There's, yes, there's morbidity that sums it up really, really well. It's it's nice to dip your toes there. Everyone should understand it and know how to deal with it. It's unhealthy to live there. It, it takes me back. I made a comparison to Paper Chase. Not so much in the, the overall effect, but just the base level of... You can't listen to this a ton. I mean, there are people who listen to Paper Chase a ton. I mean, Alan had said that he loved Paper Chase and he listened to that album a lot. But it's not for the masses to listen to constantly. It's just one of those records that... You take it in, you 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 go somewhere with it, and then you kind of put it to the side. Yeah, it's something I would revisit, but I definitely wouldn't want to live there. No. Yeah. Um, Unhealthy to live there, and, and th- these guys ask you to do it for an hour, and that's that's still a rough. And, a rough and honestly, trip. and I mean, we've talked this a little behind the scenes. We talked about different topics to follow this <coughs> up with. I'm done. Yeah, I don't want to follow up with anything. We we went long winded on this, and I, I don't know what to follow this up with. This I is used... just such a specific experience and now tone. Let's... I used in my words for the week. I just, I don't know where to go with this. I really don't. I don't want to talk about the topic that I mentioned earlier. It's just, it has no fitting in this out in this episode. It really doesn't. We like, don't know. We don't always have to fit it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, uh, the reason I wanted to do that is because it seems like a very uh, quick, lighthearted, uh, listing topic that could take like five minutes. I mean, uh, my, okay. idea, my idea to bring you guys a little bit behind the scenes is, I, I'd suggested to them, 
we don't really talk about concerts on the podcast a lot. We haven't really gone into depth about concerts, but I wanted to get into, and maybe we won't get into so much. Let's not get into what makes a good or a bad concert because that can go for a while. No, but let's just let's go put around. this on the let's s- do street cred. This is this is a preface uh, topic. Just to the same week. the same way that we did um, uh, favorite soundtracks, yeah, worst soundtracks. We're doing street and then we talked here. about yeah. soundtracks. Yeah. This, this is just. What are our favorite concerts, and what were our worst contra- uh, concerts? And just brief explanation why. And so we'll go. We can oh, go around okay. saying which. And for me, it's really easy. And 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 our f- mutual friend Pete would share this experience. The best concert I've ever seen was the Gorillas concert the weekend of Comic Con a couple of years ago. It was my birthday weekend, and this it's sh- always your birthday weekend. Comic Con, yes. This show was so you would expect that the Gorillas obviously they're an animated band, you know, comprised of artists. DJs and and of course the singer from Blur. The the brilliance that they did with this it was a stadium show at, at Madison Square Garden. It the show opens with the gorillas, the animated characters, in the dressing room, BSing, bantering, and then Murdoch, the bassist, tries to open the door, can't get out, and then they start commenting on how they're locked in. As that's happening, the track Plastic Beach that um, or the intro to Plastic Beach, Welcome to Plastic Beach that. Um, Snoop Dogg intros they start playing and they start commenting on oi somebody's playing our music somebody's stealing our music and the whole they they keep cutting back to them the whole show is this other band's playing their music how dare they (laughs) and they had a bunch of a lot of the guest artists who were on the different albums were there the DJs were there it was really a this great come together for the gorillas and all of the parties that were involved the worst concert I've ever seen not keep him guessing. Let's do best, best, best. Worst, okay. worst, worst. All right, okay. John. Ah, uh, okay. My first concert. I was thirteen years old. Went with my mom. Uh, it was a spur of the moment. We're out in Jersey visiting one of my uh, uh, my aunt, and my uncle got tickets to go see the Who. Thirteen years old. The Who. The Who. The Who? The actual Who. Oh, The Who. The Who. Not the band. The Who. And I was, I was, this is in the depths of me discovering vinyl. So I was OD cracked out on listening to The Who. It cemented them as one of my favorite bands of all time. It was phenomenal, to say the least. I didn't know you were such a Whovian. I am a Whovian on so many fronts. Uh, No, it was freak, I'll never forget it. It was freaking amazing. Steve? My favorite concert goes back to 2007. And it was the same concert that I saw fairly recently. Um, same people, same band. K.O. Dot. Huh? It was a very... K.O. Dot, spelled K-A-Y-O, space D-O-T. This concert was in your normal, you know, uh, Barry Ballroom venue. Although I think it was... Um, Oh, I forget oh, off the top of my head. It may have been Irving Place or, or I'm going to start with a W. In any case, um, somewhere in the village. It was specific. Sometimes it has to do with the silliest things, just as to where you are when you're observing them, right? It has to do with the music as well, but in this particular case, they had a balcony, right? That sort of wrapped around the left and the right. It was mainly just a ba- uh, ballroom on the floor with, you know, a bar at the back, stage at the front, and then uh, second floor, another bar at the back, and then this little sliver of balcony on the left, little sliver of balcony on the right. And each balcony had, had maybe three or four sets of tiny two-seater tables, right? With just a candle in the center. And I went with uh, my old roommate, because he had gotten me into the band, 
and we just had this bird's eye view, kind of close up to the front, like maybe the closest one at the end of the balcony, staring right down at the band. And for about two hours, interestingly enough, it had much the same reasons to do with what I did love about this album today, with one crucial, crucial difference. It was enthralling. It was not just thought-provoking. It was enthralling the kind of stuff they do. They're a band that they call them. They're, a, I suppose, a little bit of post-rock, a little bit of, um, a little bit of prog, a little bit of experimental. Um, they're all over the place. And one of the main features about it is the duo between the lead singer and uh, the violinist. The lead singer has such a, a wailing tone to him. So you feel a lot of the same things you might feel in the paper chase. Again, I like thought-provoking stuff, right? But then the violin just brings it right back with the musicality. And that's the kind of music that I love. I like, I like the duality between thought-provoking and then just, you know, a, a, a score. Just a, a grand, uplifting, larger-than-life score. And it was done just between the session musicians that were there, which was the violinist and, uh, I think there was a cellist in the background, maybe even an upright bassist, then another guitarist and a bassist. It was, uh, the perfect blend of rock and classical to me. It's, um, mostly contemporary classical, but a lot of rock as well. It was magical. It was. Now, the worst concert. The worst concert I have ever been to was the last warp tour I've ever went to. I say last because after this experience you don't have another. Let me guess, fourteen year olds. No, involved. it had nothing to do with that. Oh, it had yeah. to do with these summer concerts are done in asphalt par- parking lots with water that you can only buy and heat in New York that gets progressively and progressively worse. So this was three or four years ago, I think. I, I can't remember, but my girlfriend at the time and I had gone to the to the Warp Tour. We were there for a couple hours, and I mean, it got so hot that she got violently ill, and we had to leave early. I spent $150 on these tickets, maybe more, and after a couple hours of an all-day festival, we left. So I will never, ever go to the Warp Tour again, because it's in the heat, in the mist in August, in the beginning of August in the summer, typically, and it's the hottest time of the year in New York, and it's just unbearable. So, you know, it, you know, every Warp Tour might not be that bad, but, and I'd been to Warp Tours before that that I enjoyed, but this concert, it's just, you know, I got to see a couple of bands, and it's actually how I discovered the band Tat, T-A-T, which is a great British punk band, but, but the, the, the whole, the whole day was shot, so never again will I ever go to a Warp Tour as long as I live because of this experience. I've never had a bad concert experience. I have had disappointing, and the most disappointing was Bob Dylan. And I love Bob. I really do. My dad loves Bob. My brothers love Bob. We went to the Baseball Hall of Fame up in Cooperstown. And I actually sat on the baseball field. And he had some nice opening acts, but he was the headliner. He comes out there and he plays like two songs I knew. <laughs> Most of the rest of his music, he wasn't even promoting an album at the time. He was just, he did like literally a half hour set and two songs I knew. The rest were stuff that was just new. He was new. He was propagating stuff that didn't sell well. He was trying to do that. It was really disappointing. He was quite kind of rude on stage. Not very personable. It was very disappointing. I was sad. Shame. I've never been a Bob fan, so it would probably be what I expected. But then again, 
I yeah. feel sorry for you. You did like a Rolling Stone, and I was like, oh, yeah, you like a Rolling Stone. I heard that a thousand times. There's a lot of other songs I like. Sometimes by. they're just not in their game. Yeah. yeah. Incidentally, uh, I have a comparison. Um, my favorite concert was K.O. Dot, and my least favorite concert was K.O. Dot. Is the one that you did went the to recently? The one I saw to recently. The more I thought about it, it's not a matter of um, it's not a matter of them not being on their game necessarily. It, this is I, I'm with John on this one. I've never been to a bad concert, but I've been to disappointing concerts. And the reason I was so disappointed here is because, uh, I even though I enjoy the venue, uh, it's a very nice little uh, recital hall venue, uh, Spectrum New York, which I first went to as a volunteer for a friend who had. Composers, friends, and things like that. So it was a lot more classical atmosphere the first time around. Very nice for that, but for a rock atmosphere, did not work. It did not work because the venue is just too small. Do you remember what venue it was? Yeah, I just said Spectrum, oh, New York. Sorry, yeah. I was, but I, I, I would still spaced. go. Ba- I would still go back for all the other classical things. But the thing is, Ko Dot have their thrashy side. When they go, when they get, become rock, they are they they scream. They scream, they play loudly, everything is just so loud. And this venue, it's like a box. It's a tiny little hole in the so wall. You felt like you were being blasted against the walls. I felt like I was I was on the verge of going deaf. I had I had to like, you know, plug my ears at a certain point just out of fear of it. And I I I'm not I'm not new, you know, to loud music or anything. Yeah. And I listen to headphones quite loudly all the time. But this was extreme. I could not enjoy it. I couldn't I couldn't hear the individual notes. Like it became, it was literally so loud that I hear heard a general backdrop of noise. I it could have been a much better concert if they had only played at half the volume, or if they had played at another venue. Um, to boot, there was a couple of other problems. They did have their soft track, right? When they have their soft track, it's very beautiful and gorgeous. And guess what? Just at the moment they start playing their soft track, the one that I was so invested in, right? And I was like, oh my god, I can finally hear what they're saying, right? Then the venue that is one door over and on the bottom floor starts playing their music loudly and it just starts going thump drowning out drowning out the beautiful piano that was playing so it was just lose lose in every single circumstance it wasn't ko dot's fault it was the circumstances but that but can, that can that's, make that's, a bad concert that's what mine was too is situational less less so than the bands yep um all right well i guess we'll start wrapping up do we have a spam for this week we do indeed by the way, I also want to thank, we've had some commenters recently, like legit commenters that we're not reading on the show, which we really should, but nah, I want to, you know, thank, thanks shine. for the support and listening, and we've got more stuff to come, but uh, let's, let's, let's wrap up with our spam of the week before we get to next week's album. If the buffalo in my head could speak German, I would not know a damn thing. What I do know is that the language of art is out of this world. By FimBZC. FimBZC. These just get weirder and weirder. I just, I don't even want to comment on it. So, next week... May I return? <laughs> if the buffalo in my head could speak you know German. That, you know what that's like? You know what that's like? That's like Lewis Black. If it weren't for I that thought, horse... I thought the same exact Yeah, if thing. it weren't for that horse... Yeah. I immediately went shuffle off buffalo, except there were subtitles with all just random letters that I think are German in my mind. <laughs> Oi. Um, so, next, next week... The album Captain. I previewed on this uh, in the, earlier in the show. Me and Steve both saw Pacific Rim uh, over the weekend and have vastly differing opinions on the soundtrack. So I've decided yes. to pursue that discussion because I think it'll be a good one uh, regardless. And I want polarizing discussions because as 
I've said time and time again, everyone listens to music differently, so I want to have a polarizing discussion. And so it's going to be the Pacific Rim soundtrack of Guillermo del Toro's new movie of the same name. Um, And we will get into that next week. Um, Also, coming up in August, we will be having Painless Parker on as a guest. Um, And I'm working on getting some other guests on as well. So I guess that's where we will leave it off. We'll save the animosity for next week. Exciting. Yes. And remember, as always, music music is is life and life is good. good.